The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m., and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. Today's message is a wonderful message preached by Brother John Morgan Owens, who has been exercising a gift under the authority of Zion Church for several years now. The topic of the sermon is gratitude, and Brother John Morgan clearly sets forth why gratitude is important. Number one, it's important because God commanded it. And number two, the only way we will ever be truly blessed and happy in this world is to have an attitude of gratitude toward God. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. If you would turn with me to Luke chapter 17, I want to talk to you about having an attitude of gratitude. I'll ask you this question as we're kind of uh, thinking about this subject, preparing ourselves for this passage. Do you want to be happy or do you want to be miserable? (laughs) Okay. I mean, that sounds pretty simple. That's an easy question to answer. But yet when you get into actually living your life, we forget that, you know, joy is something that is at our disposal in Christ, but yet for some reason we subject ourselves to a life of misery so often. Here we have in Luke 17 and verse 11, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Now leprosy, is a, it was a bad, bad affliction, okay? 
We think that, that COVID quarantine is bad. I know all of us have, have probably had it or had a loved one or somebody that's had it before. Being in, in COVID quarantine, you feel like you're you know, an undesirable in society, right? And then when you, you've experienced this too, when you come out of quarantine, even though you're, you're fine, everybody looks at you as if you're this unclean thing when you first come out, right? That's what it was to be a leper, but it was, it was permanent. There were a few individuals that were able to uh, be healed of it by the Lord. There were some whose own immunity was able to, they were able to sort of heal and, and get over it. But most of the time, if you had leprosy, it was forever. And you had to separate yourself from society. And so these 10 lepers meet Jesus and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show thyselves yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. All right, so Jesus commands them to go and to show themselves to the priest. There was a, uh, a law for cleansing. But notice this, it wasn't the cleansing of the priest that healed them. Jesus healed them on their way. The, the cleansing would have been a way in which they would re-enter into society where the, the priest would say, okay, we, we legally deem you to be clean again. You can re-enter society. But that did nothing to affect uh, their condition, okay? Jesus healed them. That's what, that's what we do when we're baptized. I was, I was, if you can call it baptized, I was baptized as an infant, okay? Uh, I don't consider that baptism. When I joined this church, I was rebaptized in this same baptistry, but it was in Bethlehem at the time. I was rebaptized. Now, some people would, would be offended by that because they would say, I was baptized before. The, the, the problem is that baptism is not this. Uh, it's not this spiritual thing that gives you life, okay? It's, it's a token of something that God has already done for you. What happens when you get baptized? You just go down in the water and you get wet. There's nothing, there's nothing spiritual about the water. We, we, just, we, we just open the tap and put the water in. There's nothing spiritual about that. What it is, is it's a symbol that when you do that, you are saying, I identify with what Christ did for me. And that He was buried for me. And that He rose again for me. And you are identifying with Him in that. That's all it is. So here, Jesus heals these lepers. And then He says, now go and show yourself to them as a testimony. So that you can you know, enter into this society. That's what we do here when you come and you're baptized. It's a token to all of us that you're one of us. You come in to this society, if you will. But notice, they were, they were healed, all ten of them. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger, this Gentile, if you will. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. 
But notice this. All ten were healed. Okay? It's not as if the other nine lost. It's not as if they reverted back into their leprosy. But yet Jesus says to this one who rejoiced, who glorified Him, and came back to Him in thanksgiving, He says, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. You know, there's a lot of times where Jesus encounters these people. They come to Him in faith, which we know is a fruit of of the Spirit. It's an evidence of something already in there. And so when people are coming to Jesus for healing, they already believe that He can heal them. Right? So they already have spiritual life within them. They're not getting life when they come to Christ. They're getting healing when they come to Christ. Okay? Somebody who needs healing is somebody who's already alive. You know, if you're, if you're dead, you need something else. You need revival. You need a miracle. So these people are coming to Him for healing. And He, and he often says to them, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Yeah. Now, we know, <laughs> praise God, that His faith, that His faith in the blood of Christ is what saved me from my sins. That's, that is why I can rejoice in the hope of heaven is because of the blood of Christ and what He did for me. But just because I believe that I'm saved by grace doesn't mean that faith is not important. Your faith means everything in your day-to-day life. Okay? So I'll ask you again. Do you, do you want to have a good life? you want to be joyful or do you want to be miserable? Your faith and your walk with the Lord will make or break your joy in this life. So those, those other nine, they were healed, sure. They received a benefit from coming across Jesus, but not as much of a benefit as this man who, who humbled himself before God in an attitude of gratitude. I'm going to go through a, a, a few verses here that express this. If you go over to 1 Thessalonians 5, First Thessalonians 5 and verse 16. It's around about there. Yes, verse 16. The point that I want us to make here and these, these passages we're about to read and very briefly is that gratitude is not just a, a, a nice suggestion. Okay? Gratitude, thanksgiving to God, is a commandment that He gives us. It is a commandment from your God. And, and if that offends you, believe me, it smote me as I read this, okay? I'm one of the most uh, ungrateful people that I know. But here we read in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16, Rejoice evermore. Does that sound like a suggestion? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For Did he say in some things? He's saying the, in, in the things that go well for you, the things that go bad for you. No, he says in everything, give thanks. This is very different than the word, uh, the phrase all things used in Scripture. Everything is even more specific, talking about all the things that happen. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is the will of your God that you are to give thanks in everything. And we say, well, that's crazy. (laughs) 
There, I, know, I know that you have experienced times in your life that you would probably look at and say that was not a time when Thanksgiving was appropriate. Death of a family member, sickness, financial ruin, whatever it is. There are situations where you don't feel very thankful. What about Paul? I believe it was Paul and Silas. They're in, in uh, prison. <laughs> they were imprisoned. Not a comfortable experience. If, if you were to compare my life to that, man, I'm, I'm living the dream, right? <laughs> Have you been imprisoned for Christ? Have you been... Look, if you, if you were to be imprisoned today, we have all of these constitutional rights that protect you. I mean, some people that are in prison live better lives than people that are out. But not here. Not with Paul and Silas. When they were in prison, they were in shackles. It was not uh, comfortable. I'm sure they didn't have uh, activists, uh, uh, human rights organizations that were out there uh, asking the jailers to make sure they had good conditions. But yet, what were they doing? They were singing praises to God at midnight, praising His name, giving thanks. Now, if they can give thanks in that kind of a condition, don't you think that we can give thanks in this highly civilized, cushy lives that we live? Now, you notice something about them also. It's a good example. Were they just giving thanks and then... Uh, crying and, and moaning about their condition. No, they were given thanks. I mean, it was a worship service in there. You ever had an uh, experienced worship service? I've experienced this here many times where uh, all of the troubles of your life just kind of melt away. Your Monday doesn't matter anymore. The Monday that's coming up, it doesn't matter anymore. All that you see is Christ and you feel His presence and you kind of you get the... Uh, you get the goosebumps, you know, you get the chills, you feel Him with you. Now that is a good thing. I believe that's what they were feeling here in the prison. Now, attitude of gratitude is, is a beautiful thing. So it's a commandment. But it's also a way of worship. You notice how when that, um, that leprous man who was healed... He came back to Jesus and he fell down on his face. Now there was nothing, there was nothing that he could ever do to repay Christ for that. You get that? There's nothing that he could ever do to repay the goodness that Christ had shown him. You know, our worship to him is not us coming to try to repay him because we're not going to. We're never going to be able to balance the debt that we have with God. He, we owe Him everything for what He did for us on the cross. So we're not doing it to come and just, just uh, eventually repay Him. We're doing it because it's the only option we've got. It, it, he demands our worship because of His goodness. Now, if He were to never do a thing for you in your entire life, He deserves the worship. But the truth is, not only is He just worthy of worship, He also saved you on the cross, and He has also saved you in your life so many times. Do you even know what the Lord may have even saved you from today and you didn't even know it? You ever thought about that? Every time we get in the car and we drive down the road, who knows 
How many times the Lord has stepped in to protect us, to deliver us. I mean, it's incalculable the way that God uh, delivers and provides for us. You ever had a, had a, a time when you have prayed for something with all of your heart and then the Lord uh, provides that blessing, He answers that prayer and you give Him thanks for uh, a time or two and then you just move on to praying for the next thing, right? Now in the middle of praying for that thing, you, you, were, you were saying, Lord, I, I'm going to be grateful this time if you give it to me. And we forget Man, we, we are bound and determined to have a miserable life. But yet, if we submit ourselves to gratitude, regardless of what you're going through, you can look at the blessings that God has provided. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. There is something that gratitude does to you. It's not just, it's not just a spiritual concept. It's not just something that's taught in the Bible. Science would also tell you this. Okay, There's been studies done on people uh, when they're when they're going through an exercise of gratitude, and you know what happens, they're not being they're not being introduced with any outside stimulus, no chocolate or anything like that. They're just sitting there and experiencing gratitude, and you know what happens? They begin uh, to produce dopamine in their body. Now, dopamine is a neurotransmitter that basically sends signals of pleasure. Okay, so. You've all experienced this before in your life. You've experienced that happy feeling. You know, a lot of times, uh, a lot of times, maybe you smell something. You smell some cooking in the kitchen, and you begin to feel a little excited about it. That's dopamine kicking in. Okay. Well, this happens, believe it or not, when you begin to experience gratitude. That's amazing. You know, dopamine. Uh, you know, there, there are conditions where dopamine shortages in your body can cause problems. Depression. One of the most severe conditions of, of having a, a low level of dopamine in your body is Parkinson's disease. I mean, there's a lot of ways in which it, it negatively affects you, and some of those physiological problems are just the result of sin in our bodies, the curse of sin. I'm not saying that you could overcome those things just by having gratitude. But nonetheless... Science backs up this concept that, that gratitude, contrary to what you would think, makes you happier. You know, so many people would tell you, and this is all that, that modern society pushes on you, is that in order to be happy, you have to have things. And you have to have stuff. You know, you want to be happy, then you, you've got to work and get that raise. You've got to work some overtimes. To be happy, you've got to have that bigger house. You've got to have that better car. You've got to do all these things. Eat the right kind of meals. Do... Everything is about filling that empty hole in you to try to make yourself happier. When the Bible says it's so, it's so much simpler than that. You don't need stuff. You just need gratitude. Gratitude, regardless of, of how much money you have in the bank, regardless of what kind of diploma you have or lack thereof, gratitude is the answer to, to having a joyful uh, and meaningful life in Christ. Now, you can be joyful and we ought to be joyful toward God for all that He's done for us, but also look, we can, we can be grateful for each other. We can be grateful for the things that other people do for us. 
And if we truly understand who we are, then when somebody doesn't quite treat us like we think we deserve to be treated, <laughs> right? It's not such a big deal. If I remember that, that I am a, a good-for-nothing, misfit sinner, that, that Christ has chosen out of His good pleasure, He just chose me to place His love on me. But it's not, it's not because of some good thing that I did, right? If I remembered that, then when somebody doesn't quite treat me right at work, or if, if a client doesn't quite say, some, say something that offends me, or something like that happens, you know what I can do? I can say, I, I don't really deserve any better. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to even try. You know, gratitude will solve so many of the problems you think you have. Now let's, let's get a few more verses. Colossians 3. Colossians 3, and we'll look at verse, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Notice this. He says, and let it. You know, there, there are times where the peace of God will overwhelm you. And He comes in and He will uh, consume you in His peace. I felt that many times. But there's also many other times where it's up to me, really, to surrender to the peace of God. He says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Be thankful. Psalm 118 and verse 24 says this. We all know this. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Note, I love how it says we will rejoice and be glad in it. You see that it's a choice that you make to rejoice and to be glad in it. You know, because when, when you may see just a rainy, nasty day, somebody else who's having this attitude of gratitude may choose to see that day as an opportunity, as an opportunity to stay inside and to, and to study the Word or to pray to take some extra time to do those things. You know, it's all about your perspective. He didn't say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Uh, you will be glad in it. No, He says, let us. That's a choice you have to make. I want you to think about me when you wake up in the morning. When you wake up in the morning, do you want to step out of that bed and have a just terrible day? Because really... We, we blame it on our circumstances so much. And look, circumstances definitely help, okay? You, 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 people cut you off in traffic. You've got, you've got deadlines you've got to meet. You've got all these things that, that begin to compound on you. Circumstances can weigh against you. But it's, it's you. You're making the decision to have a bad day or a good day. Because the world can throw whatever it wants to at you. You can still, you have the power in Christ to still find joy in Him in the midst of that. Now, if you can master that, please teach me. <laughs> okay? I'm not up here saying that I have the answers. I'm saying this, these are biblical concepts. Okay? We live by the Bible, then, then we will receive the blessings that the Bible promises. Okay? Psalm 107, verse 1, and we're just going to kind of scoot through these and, and finish on up here. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, 
for his mercy endureth forever. Man, even if you've got a bad day, you can always praise God for his mercy on you. Because even at my worst day, I deserve way worse. It's his mercy that I'm not consumed because of my sins that I've committed today. It's of his mercy that I'm standing in this pulpit tonight. You know, there's so many things we can give thanks to God about, even in a bad day, but also in the good days. You know, we've been talking about the bad times. One of the hardest times for me to remember to give thanks is in the good time. There's a reason why it's said in the Bible that it's better, better to be in the house of mourning than in the house of praise, right? For some reason, we get down on our knees in prayer when we're in bad times, but in the good times, we don't seem to need Him anymore, right? At least we don't think so. <laughs> uh, we ought to be giving Him praise in the mountaintops, praise in the valleys. Psalm 103, one of my favorite psalms. I've read this so many times at night, right before I go to bed. Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. It's a song of thanksgiving. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. You know what's happening when you are choosing to be ungrateful, you're choosing to have that bad day, is that you are forgetting, you're overlooking all of the benefits that God has given you. Think about this. Every single breath that you breathe is a blessing, it is a gift that He has given to you. Every single beat that your heart makes is a blessing that He has given to you. Every, every bite of food, every drink of water, it is a blessing to you. Verse 3, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Now, regardless of whether you go through this life a healthy, a healthy person, or whether you are afflicted with diseases, the Lord heals you. Okay. Now, we know that there are many people that we have prayed for who have not been delivered in the way that we would hope. We, we have had uh, church members that we have prayed for and the Lord has seen fit to take them home. But you know what has happened when that happens? <laughs> the Lord has healed them forever <laughs> of their diseases. You get that? You get that in, in the end, regardless of what happens in your life, your God wins over you. His love prevails over you. Sin doesn't have the last word. Death doesn't have the last word. God prevails. And so even if it's through the, the, the doorsteps of death that I see my Savior, that is something to be grateful for. I'm sure you've all experienced uh, being in the throes of some type of sickness. <laughs> I don't know why I always go there. You ever had like the stomach virus? I, I had to whisper that softly. <laughs> You ever, you ever experience something like that in the throes of the night and it is just bad and you just know that your life is ending. And, and in fact, you, as a matter of fact, you, you wish it. You wish that it, your life was ending. That would be much easier sometimes. You know, I have drawn comfort in those times by, by knowing this. If this is the end, then praise the Lord, right? If this is the end, that's great. Now, even... Even if that's such a simple and silly example, you can find nuggets of gratitude in the midst of suffering. Let's go over to James. James chapter 1 and verse 2. My brethren, 
count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, and let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. One of the problems that we have in America, especially, is that we, we are so full, but yet we still want so much. We, we are, and it's, of course, this is not just the fault of, of uh, marketing. It's also a fault of your own fallen nature, but you crave more. You want more. We're never satisfied. But notice this. He says here that when you experience this kind of experience, the trying of your faith, which works patience, when you let patience have her perfect work, you know what happens? You don't want anything anymore. Because what you're experiencing in those moments is you are experiencing God suspending you and, and delivering you through that. And when you're with Him, you don't really want for anything. Jesus said, you know, if you were to drink of the water that I offer you, that I give you, you'll thirst no more. Now, that is something that I want. Okay, I want to be freed from always searching, always yearning for the next thing, for the next iPhone, for the next whatever. I want to be done with that. I want to be content and to be happy sitting there at the feet of Christ. I want to be sipping from the well, the water that He gives. And that's what we're doing tonight. That's what you're doing when you when you lay aside the things that are worrying you and you pick up the Word of God and you read, you are taking a sip, a little draw from that well where the Lord is quenching your thirst, He's satisfying you, He's giving you what you need. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So if any of you have problems dealing with this, <laughs> if anybody has, has, a, uh, has a problem with how do I go about handling this, you know what you do? Just ask God. Ask Him for wisdom. Here's, this, is, this is a prayer that I pray every day. I pray, Lord, give me Your Spirit. Jesus teaches that that's an appropriate prayer to pray. Give me Thy Spirit. And Lord, give me wisdom. There's, there's really not much that you can face in that day that the Lord can't provide for you and deliver you by having His Spirit and having wisdom. All right, let's go on. Philippians 4, and we'll look at verse uh, 6 very quickly. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. I'm going to pause there really quickly. Notice this. We've had many instances where we're talking about prayer. Your, your prayer uh, life, if you will, your relationship with God in prayer is a critical component of thanksgiving. But notice this, he doesn't just say come to him with prayers and supplications. He says prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. We ought to be making it a part, as, as Jesus even showed us in that model prayer. One of the, major, one of the first things he start, starts with was our Father which art in heaven. He begins by extolling and worshiping God. And giving thanks to Him for His goodness before you ever ask of anything. So, in your prayers, we ought to be giving thanks as much as we're asking for things. 
Now, does that convict you? <laughs> it does me. It's, it's really easy for me to pray a prayer just asking something. But I want to be like that leper that turned back to God and that worshipped Him because He deserves it. You get it? He deserves my worship. Now, nothing I could ever do and muster up within myself to fall down on my face before Him is ever going to repay Him for what He's done for me. But He deserves every, every ounce of my worship, every tear that I shed in praise to Him. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There it is again. So many of these subjects in Scripture are interconnected. You see what happens when you come to Him in a spirit of thanksgiving? Even if, even if He doesn't answer the, the prayers for things, for supplication, He can give you peace and will give you peace when you come to Him in thanksgiving. Let's, let's be more thankful to Him. Let's experience a little bit of that uh, dopamine that He gives you as a reward, right? Last verse, Psalm 95, verse 2, it's the same concept. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. I want you to think about that when we come here to sing songs and, we're, and the song service. You know, because the, the worship service didn't start when the, when the preacher gets up. The worship service starts when we enter in this place together. And we begin singing and fellowshipping, you know. I want you to view the songs not just as the melodies that we hear. Not just focus on getting your pitch right or whatever it is. I want you to focus on giving thanks to God. We can practice that as we sing this last hymn. But tomorrow, just practice, okay? I, I, I would love to see us, including myself, grow in having an attitude of gratitude because that is one of the things that is one of the most uh, stark differences between a follower of Christ and somebody of the world. Because people would ask you, how are you this way despite whatever's going on with you? You know, I can, I can say that of, of dear sister Diane here. Because, as y'all know, she lost her husband. And we love Brother Harold. But yet, throughout that, through, throughout that process, and she still grieves, of course. But throughout that, people would ask me even, how's she doing? How does she do so well with this? Her attitude of gratitude that she had in the midst of suffering was a testament to the beauty of God. You get that? She glorified God in the way that she did that. And we can all do that in the way that we live life. So just having an attitude of gratitude is not just a, a, a nice way for you to have a better life. It is one of the most beautiful ways that you worship Christ and one of the most beautiful ways that you can be a beacon of light to others of your brothers and sisters out there because they're going to come to you and they're going to ask you, how can you have this attitude? Maybe you're at work. Maybe things are not going good. And they see you having a good attitude. And they say, how can you do that? And you say, let me share with you a little bit about that. I pray that you might remember that tomorrow and choose to have a joyful day of gratitude.
thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.